Leadership and cultivating a winning culture were the hot topics at the 80th annual ABCA baseball convention in Dallas, Texas this past weekend. We took Keep the Line Moving on the road. It's Keep the Line Moving Coaches Week. Bernie Martinez, the head baseball coach of New Diana High School in Texas. New Diana High School. Yes. Where is that in our country? So it's in East Texas, about two and a half hours east of Dallas, about an hour west of Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, so you're here at this wonderful conference. Mm -hmm. What are you looking to get out of the 2024 80th 80th. annual ABCA conference? Correct. Man, it's just, just nuggets of information. It's just yeah. everywhere. It's, it's, a, it's a landmine. You know, I remember my first ABCA, and I was just overwhelmed with all the information and what to do with it and how to transfer it to use it to basically ultimately to use it with our kids. Right. So it's basically a deep dive into just an, a wealth of information. And then I feel like our job is to kind of filter through and see what's best that we can use with our kids. And I think the most important thing is what can our kids understand and actually apply? Because there's a lot of good information in here. But... A lot of times, like uh, within our concepts of our program, facilities, and whatnot, what can our kids actually get out of what we bring to them? So, so it's very early. We're a couple hours yes. in. What mm-hmm. have you learned? Wow. Well, I mean, I just heard my first speaker, Darren Everson, with the New York Mets, and you know, I learned that there's no simple approach to helping kids, but we have to try to make it simple to them. If that makes any sense. There's a lot of things we got to take in to evaluate and assess where they're at and then basically customize. I know it makes it hard. I think in the coaching world, we like it for it to be mass-produced, simple you know, drills that everybody could work. But I think more and more in our profession, we have to put kids in buckets and understand these group of kids need to be better here. And these group of kids are, have a different level they got to get better at, and they're not the same. It's a little bit more work on our side, but I think that's how we have to do it if we want to be successful because no kids are the same. Some kids have to be coached different. And listening to Darren and his hitting approach, create a system. You know, he used a a quote from James Clear, his book, Atomic Habits. You you don't rise to the occasion, but you fall to your level of your systems. Basically, you know, when we talk to my, my kids in competition, you know, you never rise to the level of the moment like a big hit. You, you always fall to the level of your training. So for me... Practice is huge. If you practice well and your preparation is great, the, the moment will come to you as opposed to a Michael Jordan-type you know, clutch. Well, I, we all know, listening to all the podcasts and quotes people, Michael Jordan worked his tail off. Yes. And he rose to the occasion because that was his level of training. And same thing he talked about here. Our systems have to be so good so that our kids, when facing that moment, that's what they'll fall to is their, what they do in practice and what their preparation is as opposed to the moment as everyone likes to glorify the media or whatnot. I'm going to pay you a compliment. You were definitely paying attention yes, in that. Sir. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, sir. Because you synthesized that beautifully. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, what you're also saying is this. You can have not only talent, mm-hmm. because you can have pockets of players. Yes. Your shortstop's over here. Your third baseman's yes. over here. Your outfielders are over here. But within those pockets, there's different temperaments. Yes. And they're receiving coaching differently. Yes. And as you said, you wish it was one size fits all, but mm-hmm. it's not. No. And if you're, you could, you have to hit some players really yes. hard mm-hmm. to get them motivated, right. but others will, will retreat yes. if you do that. Yes. You knew that coming into today. So I want to ask you, what is your overall coaching style? How do you deal with circumstances and players with different temperaments? You know, you just got to get to know them first. I think that's that's the ultimate starting point. Right. If you don't know them, then you right. can't really understand how to approach them. 
you know, you ultimately as a coach, you know there are moments you have to come down hard in some way or fashion. That may look in, like different ways. Right. But you have to hold your kids accountable some way, right? Um, that level of accountability comes at a different level for each player, I think. Yes. You know? For some players, it just takes a look for me and right. they understand. Right. For some players, and they need an absolute tongue lashing to being felt like they've been held accountable. It just depends. you got to know their kids. Right. To me, it's just like, just start by getting to know their name. You right. Know? know their name really early and fast. They know you care. And then from there, you just kind of, their family background, how they communicate at home makes a big difference. You know, a kid that gets yelled at a lot at home may not be receptive to, on the, the, the field or court, you know. So it just starts with connecting with your kids and getting to know them. And then from there, you just kind of be observant, you know, yes. and watch and pay attention. And, and, you know, to me, the best place for me to understand that is the weight room. You know, when we go in our weight room sessions and, you know, when we do our weight room stuff, I do it by time. And so we have so many sets we got to do within eight minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes, whatever. As we're coaching them, make sure their lifts are correct. I also connect with them. Hey, how's your day been? How are you feeling? A lot of it is just checking how they physically are doing. Uh, but a lot of it is, too, is, like, I get to know their temperament then, you know, because we've had a tough game the night before. You know, hey, what were you thinking in that at bat? How do you feel today? What, you know, what does it look like tomorrow? And it's a great place for me to – that's another place, and I learned this from Zach Deckant with TCU, is during warm-ups. You know, it's a good place to assess where kids are as they're preparing for practice. You could tell right away. Um, if they're fired up and full of energy, well, you could probably challenge them a little bit more. If they're dragging a little bit, well, that you can kind of taper off a little bit and find ways to kind of get the most out of them within the hour and a half, two hours you want to work with them. I can tell by visiting with you, visiting with you earlier this morning yes. and right now, mm -hmm. you take a holistic approach to the student athlete. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which means that the student athlete is a human being, a mm -hmm. friend, a, a brother, mm -hmm. uh, an uncle, whatever, yes. right. uh, you know, a son, obviously. Right. They have different roles in their lives. In addition to being a student and a teammate, and they might even have a part-time job, for goodness right. sakes. Mm -hmm. So when you look at these young men and you try to connect... What do you put first? What is it that you're trying to do when you connect with them? I think the greatest tool an educator or coach is learning how to formulate questions, articulate those, to pull information out. For some kids, it's very difficult to. Some kids have already got walls up for a lot of different reasons. And you got to find a way to ask the right questions. And sometimes you won't be successful, so persistence pays off. It's okay to ask a question and get no response. And I'm a big believer of being persistent and repeating that question until eventually they're like, okay. Coach is not going to stop. I might as well answer. But they'll find a way to communicate that. And once I get it, I don't – I understand those kids. I just give them as much space as possible. And it's been amazing when they're ready. It almost opens up the floodgates to a lot more information if you're patient. But if you're always pushing, come on, you got to tell me, you got to tell me. They just build up more walls and more walls and more walls. And so that's kind of – I start there and then just get to know them from there. I think it's important to note, too, is like as much as I want to be their friend, I think young kids need – boundaries they need a tip of spirit to say hey they, they want to be coached they do want to be disciplined but it comes in different times different ways you know but they are seeking that that they, they don't need a friend in me but they need someone that understands them but they also someone to push them and there's like i said it's there's no one size fits all it's going to be different for each kid and so they all need to be pushed but it may look different in different right. ways mm -hmm. it's funny you mentioned because curiosity is number one yes and some of the principles that i consult and coach mm -hmm. about are some of the main ones are curiosity mm -hmm. storytelling yes. and self-awareness yes. the ability to craft your story what are you feeling 
How is it pertaining to what you're doing and be able to express that? Absolutely. Storytelling is huge. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate vessel to creating those connections and, and sending lessons as opposed to a bullet point, PowerPoint, you know. I was just telling my coaching staff, my first ABCA I went to, LSU just won a national championship. Skip Burton was the head coach, and I sat in the front row, and he talked about when he took over the LSU job. And he had this 11 by 13 sheet, and him and Smoke Laval sat in the pitcher's mound at the old Alex Box Stadium and started listing what we need to be a national power in college baseball. And he just talked about having vision, and he put it in his office, and he made a copy of that sheet and shared it with everybody in the, in the room. That was pretty cool. But I followed Skip Burtman's career ever since then, and one of his most important tools is his amazing storytelling. In fact, he has a book of stories, that he, and he catalogs them. So if he has an important game, he chooses a story to tell, and he's an amazing storyteller. So I try to be very good at being a good storyteller. Okay, so you're about to embark on another baseball season. It's yes. early January. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're going to rev up here pretty yes. good. What's your number one goal for this year with this team that you have? Oh, with this team? Ooh, number one goal. Well, I, we've been, we're a successful baseball program. We have been. We just seem to can't get over the hump in terms of getting deeper into rounds. We're known as a very good program, a team that wins year in and year out, you know, but I'm ready to get over the hump. So uh, last year we talked about leadership. I started sure. a leadership council last year. Basically, I invited the entire program, senior student, if you want to be a leader, join us in the leadership council, but you have to come to all the meetings. The second thing is if you choose not to be a leader, and that's okay, then you're, you're by default accepting to be a follower. And those are, those, are, those are things that go with it because I, I, I invited everyone. So you're not excluded from the leadership, but since you did not want to be a leader, well, now you're choosing to follow, be a good follower. So it's kind of like two, two things there. So we started doing book studies. Last year we did uh, Grit. Uh, it was an excellent book. Initial. Angela Duckworth. Yes, yes. excellent book. Love it. In fact, yep. that, that changed. Uh, that's kind of like our forever mantra is grit. Uh, and that's, we love it. We actually created a Grit Hall of Fame. Oh, I love um, it. And our first one was, our first inductee was uh, Jalen Hurt, quarterback for the Eagles, you know, because of his story. And he, he embodies grit that Angela Duckworth put in there because of what he went through from Alabama to being, you know, with the Eagles, you know, so it's crazy and wild. But this year's book is going to be Jim Collins' Good to Great. And with the theme of, we, 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 we're done being just a good program, we want to be a great program. And so we're trying to trying to make that big push to get over the hump and, and get get to the fourth, fifth round. Regional finals is our goal in, in Region 2. So if we can get there and get a chance to go to the state tournament, I think that would be awesome. I love it. So tell mm -hmm. folks again about New Diana High School, where it is, so New everything. Di tell them, but pretend th that the, the <laughs> gates are opening and you want them all to come. So New Diana High School is a bedroom community 20 minutes north of Longview, Texas, beautiful part of Texas. I think it's a great academic school. We've got a lot of great things to offer. Bernie yes, Martinez, sir. Yes, sir. this has been fantastic. Yes, thank you. Next up, Baron Becker, who's a compliance lawyer. He's a partner at a law firm, and he does marketing. I wouldn't have him on if I didn't think he could bring you value, everyone. Baron Becker from Dallas, Texas. It's a treat when you get somebody multi-talented. And this isn't a traditional conversation. This is a non-traditional conversation, but compelling nonetheless. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let me just cite this one part of your resume. Sure, May I, please. You have a triple major, sales, marketing, and finance. Your undergrad, 
tell everybody where? Yeah, Florida State University, go Knowles. <laughs> yeah, I have to add that in there. And then you got the law school at Miami. So you're yes. you're the one to it's like someone going to Stanford and then Cal. It, it's 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 unique. I know. I like to stay in the state of Florida, as you can tell. I like the warm weather. Um, and yeah, they're both great institutions and gave me great experiences, great education, and really set me up for where I was and am today. So you're at this wonderful conference. Why are you here? Tell folks about what you're wearing on the shirt and sure. on the hat. So Baseball Blue Book, um, that's what I'm here on behalf of. Baseball Blue Book is trying to become the LinkedIn of baseball. It helps connect trainers, uh, coaches, players, everything. It gives a big directory. It's not necessarily a recruiting app, but what it will do is it will create a place where you can look up everything. There will be a recruiting aspect. There's also tutorials, videos to help teach you things about baseball, help kids find coaches, um, programs, camps. It's a one-stop shop. You think, what, what is LinkedIn, right? It's it, You can find jobs there. You can network with people. You can meet people who have the same professions. You can pick people's mind. It's, it's unlimited. And that's what we're trying to become. And we have the app. It's still being developed to its final product, but we're well on its way. And uh, I'm proud to be here on behalf of it. Uh, the cap is blast. They're one of our sponsors. Thank you. They uh, they measure statistics on a bat. They can take a little thing on the knob of a bat and tell you what your swing speed is, your exit velocity. Unbelievable company. Unbelievable product. Uh, thank you to them for sponsoring us. That was awesome. Yeah. The, well, the exit velocity of your brain is incredible. It's very <laughs> impressive. But let me just go back to the, the bio here. Look at this thing. All right. You do compliance work. You're a partner at a law firm, a great law firm, Kelly Cronenberg. That's in Fort Lauderdale. So that's your full-time job. Yes, it is. So how do you find time? Well, we're going to get to what you do in your law practice, but how do you find time to help companies take them where they want to go from a marketing standpoint? Because look, at you're even wearing all the stuff. Yeah, you know, not easy balancing this with my normal job, which is a partner, right? And you... When you have my job, it's it's hard because you got to manage people, you got to manage the work, and you know at any one time I could have three to four hundred cases, and I have to be responsible for those. It's my name, or you know we could lose a client. You know we have big insurance defense clients. So how do I manage this stuff? Well, a lot of it is time management, and it's practice over a long time. I I didn't start out this way. I wasn't as good all the time. Um, I always say I'm the product of a bunch of mistakes, right? So. When I started, I've never been good at anything in my life, whether it's been sports, business, law. I didn't walk in and I'm a superstar. I practiced and I got work at it and I failed. And the biggest thing I think a person can display is resilience. And that's that's who I am. That's what I am. I'm, I'm resilient. I, I stumble all the time. There are things I can't figure out. I'll go in, whether it's to a judge, whether it's to a opposing counsel, whether it's to another corporation we're negotiating a contract with. And I won't know the answer, but that's okay. You, you don't need to know the answer to everything. You just need to know that it's okay not to know and be willing to work to figure out the answer. I know it's a long-winded answer, but that's some of the stuff that I've used to enable this multitasking, enable all these things, all these hats I can wear. Listen, you're on this podcast for a reason, and I'm going to tell everybody why you're on this podcast, but you don't have to apologize for doing anything. <laughs> Or being long-winded because you're so informative and inspiring. Seriously. Thank you. And I'm very nice to my guests, but they're on here for a reason. They deserve to be nice to, you know. And I will tell you, hey, everybody, I'm going to tell you a story. So we get into the beautiful Gaylord yesterday, and we're all trying to set up this podcast row, which is the first year they've ever done that. Yeah. Baron, right? You're it, a couple of do is. doors down, right? Correct? Yeah. And we're all having challenges technically through no fault of anyone. It's just life in the internet world at times, right? It is. You 
unselfishly came over repeatedly to help us. That's character. And not only did he do that, everybody, and I'm telling you this because that's what this podcast is about. You did it in a kind manner, a patient manner, and you were dedicated to making sure we were okay. That's cool. That is things that mean something, right? Everybody, we talk about different things on this podcast, but rather than just going surface level or slightly in depth, you know, to talk about someone's career and, and their accomplishments and their philosophies, which is all very important, but this is personal. Sometimes it's personal. And I have relationships with a lot of guests that come on, but that's the story behind you. And that's how we met. And that's why you're on. And then I started to talk to you about who you are and what you do. It's even more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get back to who you are more and what you do. Yeah. So being a partner at a law firm, you've said that, you know, you have a lot of associates, paralegals and other people within the infrastructure of a law office that you lead. How do you lead those people? How would they describe your leadership? Yeah, um, I think it's a, with a very open mind, right? When you have an open mind about things and people, you have to you have to know that everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone is a different race, ethnicity, everything. Everyone has different experience in life. So if you want to lead a mass amount of people, it, you can try to get to know every single one of them, which at times can be crazy feat because there can be so many people and they go in and out the door and there's lots of turnover in every single type of law. But if you sit and you have an open mind and you listen to their stories, you get to know them and you take what they say and you use it and you're compassionate, I really feel like that's the best way to connect with people. When you do, when you prioritize people, then the job gets a lot easier because people want to work for you. People want to do stuff for you. You know, you mentioned how we met yesterday, yes, right? Yes, yes. And it's over a USB a usb mini b cord right and yes. we're looking at it and we can't figure it out i don't know that right. i don't know what it's called so what do we do we look we go on google we look up a picture of all the usbs we find the one that match it and we problem solve because that's, that's right. what it's about you that know? is right and it's it, that's the same thing open you know you got to listen to what you're experiencing i know you're running a podcast i know you i know this is so important to you and what you're doing is so fantastic with this right spreading spreading word about people and their journeys and leadership and of course I, because I listened to that, I understood how important it was. And I, I was trying to be compassionate and I tried to help and it, it led to this. So it's, it's all, it's all about listening to people, understanding them. And, and that it holds true. Absolutely. So let's, here's what we talk about within my company. In addition to being on this podcast, several topics that are brought up all the time. And last week, uh, you know, the first episode of season two, right? Episode 52 on the series. I talked about that, what you just said, that if you have a foundation of caring for people, they will forgive you in any of your blind spots as a leader if that caring is there. And when that trust, that forgiveness equals trust, when the trust exists, you can overcome anything and you can also achieve at a high level. I agree. And I, you know, and that's what you're saying, basically. Yes. Take the time to get to know your people. And if you care about them, there's your band, anything above them. And you never go below that because the trust solidifies it and you can only go up from there. And I'm so, and I use the term bullish. I'm so <laughs> bullish about that because if you, the opposite is if you don't care and you just come in and start talking and, Hey, we got to do this. We got to do that. And you leave the room. You've been in rooms like that. I've been in rooms like yeah. that. Describe how you feel when you're in rooms like ineffective, that. not, not listening to your players, not, not listening to your coworkers, your teammates, anyone. It's just horrible. You, you don't want to play for those people. You don't want to work for those people. All right. So let's go back to what you do, because I also find that very interesting. Compliance law. 
So you've gone into the NCAA, various sports leagues. We can't yeah. mention the teams. Let's leave that alone. And confidentiality is very important. Yeah. So what does compliance mean? As we're getting further along in the sophistication of professional and collegiate sports, folks out there in the in those fan world know it. I'm not patronizing yeah. them. It's true. It's 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 more in our talk nowadays, you know, with transferring and things of that nature sure. and making sure that everything's kosher. Talk to me about compliance in your work. Sometimes B2B, you know, with Baseball Blue Book, if we are partnering with someone, right, I will review the contracts. I'll draft the contracts. I'll make sure that everyone's everyone's knowing what they're getting paid, not only for us, but for the person we're working with or company we're working with, too. If we're talking about athletes and the NCAA, for example, you have to make sure that you are following all the rules and regulations for the NCAA because there are specific windows at which you can transfer. There's uh, things you need to do, paperwork portals, everything. And other times you have to write waivers for, for players to play in the NCAA because before some guys can't afford laptops, for example, there, there, there's athletes, you know, one specifically, it's not confidential. So I can, I can talk about it. One athlete, he could not afford a laptop. He came from a very, an area that was very high in poverty. And when he went to college, he got a scholarship, but scholarship doesn't cover a laptop. So he goes into a tech, a computer technology class where like teaches you basic word and Excel and you need a laptop. So he needed to get a waiver from the NCAA for the university to provide him with a laptop. And if he didn't have that waiver, he might be ruled ineligible and he could never play again. Wow. Crazy. Yes. Right. That's basic thing. You, you take for granted a, a laptop a student uses in a class, but not everyone has access to that. And, and that's why. I like doing it. Those are some of the duties. It, it can stretch so far, but that's the fun part about compliance. It can really help people and, and tackle some of the really intricate issues and small stuff that, that helps people on a daily basis. So let's close with this premise. Continuing yeah. on your theme of helping people. Yeah. What advice would you give somebody to find their resilient gene and something that could keep them driving forward when things don't go their way? Be okay with being wrong. Right. You know, and that's that's the biggest thing I when everyone as a kid or as an adult, a lot of people are never OK with being wrong. You know, you get in an argument, say you get an argument with your spouse or significant other and and you're arguing about something and then you stop and you think for a second, you go, you know, maybe they have a point on what they were what they were saying. And and sometimes it's OK. And I do this. I, I still practice today. I'm not perfect at it, but I'll go, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong about this. Th that was that was right. It's OK to be wrong. Everyone is wrong. The smartest people in the world are wrong. If you're okay with that, that's the first step in building that resilient nature. Because now that you're okay with being wrong, you can move forward from it. You can build upon it. And you can say, I'm going to turn me being wrong into a better solution next time. And that's what's important. Leave it at that. That is strong right there. Thank you very much, yeah, Baron. Thank you for Thanks for me. coming on. Appreciate awesome. it. And we thank Baron and Coach Bernie Martinez very much for being on the show. Tomorrow, we wrap up the first ever Keep the Line Moving Coaches Week with the head coach of USC Trojan Baseball, Andy Stankowitz. See you then, everybody. Every week, you hear guests on this podcast talk about some of their biggest leadership challenges. As a leader, you want to make an impact on those you lead and reach your organization's goals while also optimizing your time management. Wherever you are in your leadership journey, we could all use some help. This is what we focus on with our group and individual coaching services. To book a call or get more information, email me directly at chrisg at garganoleadership.com or visit our website at garganoleadership.com.
for our podcast and video producer, Jack Rodetsky, and our marketing coordinator, Savin Narwhal. Have a great week, everybody.